Hello and welcome to Studio RC, an encouragement for both your recovery and your faith. My name is Pastor Max and I am an alcoholic. So this, this episode, we are going to start on a seven episode uh, journey. And we're going to take a look um, at some just some statements that are made by Jesus. Now, some, some may ask, who is Jesus? Maybe you have people at your recovery church campuses that are asking that. Maybe you yourself are asking, who is Jesus? Ever since his time on earth, people have questioned Jesus's identity and what it means and, and who he is. We find in the Gospel of John, one of the four Gospels that introduce and show us who Jesus is and all of uh, many insights to his miracles and his thought processes, Jesus answers this question with seven powerful statements. In his own words, Jesus tells us what we need to know about who he is. So for the next seven episodes of Studio RC. We're going to have uh, seven of these. This, this intro will be the same each time, and then we'll go into a different statement. But we're going to take a look at the seven I am statements of Jesus. Um, each episode will discover a different character trait of Jesus that reveals just who he is and the hope we can have in him. And, and my hope is that by the end of these episodes that you'll be able to see truly that Jesus is God and that's who he's claiming to be. Um, and he always has been and will always be everything we need and um, how he both encourages our recovery through the scripture. And um, I find that th these statements are so powerful. I got some uh, some of the teachings will be uh, from American Bible Society and some other websites informed how I, I took a look at these seven I am statements. What's unique is these statements are unique to the Gospel of John. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth of the Gospel. And these seven statements, Jesus begins by saying, I am. And then he, he fills in the blank of, of who he is. And it, it gives a different aspect of his, his character. And the phrase is, the phrase, I am, it refers all the way back to the Hebrew scriptures in the very beginning into Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God introduces himself to Moses with the expression, I am who I am. And this statement became a way to connect with God personally and was used throughout Israel's history to convey that God always was and always will be. Jesus is explicitly identifying himself as God. Sometimes people say, well, did he really say that? These are part of those, those statements that clearly identify. He's, he doesn't want to leave any doubt of who he is. And each of the seven I am statements follow this, this basic pattern. They're written basically as metaphors and with um, each of the key element to the metaphor being that Jesus expresses I am, and, I, and I'll share them in just a moment what those seven statements are. Jesus always provides an explanation with it. So there, again, there is no misunderstanding to its meaning. 
and that it's clear to his listeners who Jesus is saying that he is. These metaphors often complement one of Jesus's miracles. They come alongside of it. And the statement and a miracle, they both contribute to the understanding of, of one another. And each of the miracle is interpreted by the metaphor or the metaphorical I am statement that Jesus makes. Each statement is intended to give the miracle meaning and context for the ministry that Jesus is performing. And they show us that Jesus's miracles were not just, just random acts of power or mercy, but that they were actions that demonstrated the meaning of his ministry and his teachings and were very intentional, as Jesus often was. Let me share with you the seven statements, and then each episode we will take a look at a different element or a different I am statement. So the first one is bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. The second statement is, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate of the sheep. He says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The fourth statement is, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The fifth I am statement, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The sixth I am statement is, I am the way and the truth and the life. He goes on to say, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then the final I am statement is, I am the true vine and my father is the gardeners. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This sets us up for hopefully what is going to be uh, a very fascinating, encouraging um, uh, series on the I am statements. So without any further ado, let's go to this week's episode of and this particular I am statement that we're going to examine. May you enjoy it. God bless. And here we go. This episode, we are going to take a look at the fourth I am statement by Jesus found in the, the gospel of John. And today we're looking at the good shepherd. Um, it tells us in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then a couple verses later in verse 10, 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. He, he reiterates, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Um, powerful words and another powerful I am statement. So we're going to jump right into this. So I'm going to say, give me 10 minutes. 
see if we can stick to it today. All right. Let me ask you a question, just to, again, to get the, the mind flowing around this. How would you feel if the one who was supposed to protect you ran away when physical or spiritual trouble came? What would, what would that feel like? What would that look like? How would you feel if someone stepped in to protect and laid down their life for you? I'll tell a, a quick kind of funny story. It's funny now. I was uh, with my wife and, and we had been married. We had no kids. And we were out, we were in our late 20s, early 30s, and we were out at a club. And I wasn't drinking because I was, I was sober. And, um, and I, I don't know if we were trying to figure out if we liked to dance or not or whatever that looked like. And, and a fight broke out. Someone cracked a bottle over someone's head and like right in front of us and they landed on us. And like my initial reaction was, I got to get the heck out of here. And whoop, I, I left. And then I realized, ooh, I left my wife behind. And so as I doubled back, she was like kind of hands on hips, really? And I was like, well, I, you know, I was thinking self-preservation. Um, so I had left, but I did go back and she gave me a little bit of a hard time for that. But uh, I, you know, my initial reaction was trouble. Let's get away from it. Um, but I forgot that I was also there uh, to uh, that. I probably should have lent some protection to her and the other couple we were with. And, you know, but, you know, she felt let down. We feel let down when when the people that we are our trust um, don't fulfill the trust that they don't fulfill their leadership that can let us down um, to those who were meant to protect us and they don't protect us we can feel let down but oppositely when someone steps up to protect us um, I think that there's we feel that that sense of safety and security and that's what this message this i am statement is all about i am the good shepherd the the image of a shepherd a shepherd had profound cultural and historical implications throughout the scripture and the and the, the, the people who lived during the, that time frame the shepherd imagery was common in so many parts of the ancient world um, with kings and gods alike like god's lowercase g alike described as shepherds the israel for the israelites shepherds were integral to the origin to their origin as a nation and as the people of god we can think of the 23rd psalm as a shepherd became synonymous with leadership both both political as well as spiritual leader uh leadership a reference to a good shepherd would serve as, as this very deliberate and very scathing criticism to those who were currently in leadership, who were failing those they served. When Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, meaning they're not the good shepherd. In Ezekiel 34, God reprimands the people he had appointed to be the spiritual protectors and guides for his people, exclaiming that, they had only sought to care for themselves and had left the people of God vulnerable and unprotected. And sometimes people, because of that exact thing, 
struggle with church and even sometimes with Jesus because they they've experienced that or or um, they've seen something like that whether they've not personally experienced but in proximity to them to themselves the word translated English as good in its original language meant intrinsically good beautiful fair I'm the good the beautiful the fair shepherd not only does Jesus claim that he will be a better guide and protector than those who came before him, he is speaking against the present leadership. Um, and he's done that a couple times in, in throughout these, these statements. Um, Jesus is one, the one who leads. He, he doesn't push us along the way. He leads us. He gave his life as the greatest demonstration of his love. As those he loves, we are able to hear his voice and follow his leadership, knowing that he is good. He simply asks us to hear and follow, but that decision is ours to make. He'll not force it upon us, and for that, we're thankful. If you think about sheep, a shepherd, to be a shepherd, you need your sheep, and sheep wander. They wander from place to place. As, as a result, they are susceptible to getting lost, being attacked by predators, wolves, and mountain lions, and you know, all sorts, and being malnourished because they can't find good pastures or clean water. That's why you need a good shepherd to lead you to those places. The shepherd is there to take care of them. People are like sheep. We are like sheep. We're prone to wander. Our worries, anxieties, our fears can often lead us away from Jesus' care. The further we drift, the more we find ourselves feeling lost and hopeless. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the, sh the good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. A good shepherd protects, provides, guides, guards, and loves his sheep. A good shepherd is willing to do anything for his sheep, including laying down his life for them. In other words, fighting off the predators, fighting off the dangers, even putting their own lives at risk. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He laid down his life to save ours. He is the good shepherd. And today, as your shepherd, he wants to protect, guide, provide, and care for you. I also love that the sheep know his voice. They recognize his voice. The same will happen for us with our higher power, with God, as we continue in our prayer and our meditation in step 11. And, and as we do that as a practice, the more we'll recognize that voice, that voice of God. We will know the shepherd's voice. Now, here's a, a question to consider. And when you're faced with fear, with pain, heavy burdens, do you turn to Jesus, your shepherd? Or are you prone to wander from his presence? Some of this is, uh, I think about the fifth step or the tenth step where, where, where we're sharing with somebody else 
Or do we keep it to ourselves? Do we examine our lives and see where we have these things and do we lift them up? And this is also where the, you know, the help of a sponsor comes in. Do we go to somebody else and say, I had a hard day or I really struggled with this? Do, are there people in your life that know everything about your life? Um, I think that that's one of those things about uh, both faith and recovery, having that person that, that knows it all. Again, a trusted person, a person who's on the inner circle that can really help us. Um, they, ideally, the, the, that sponsor, that discipler will continue to point back to God, to point back to Jesus, to point back to the good shepherd. Because Why? Because the good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd will protect the sheep from attacks. The good shepherd will not abandon his sheep. The good shepherd cares for his sheep. The good shepherd searches for sheep and brings them into his pen. He leaves the 99 to find the one that wandered off. The good shepherd knows his sheep. And the good shepherd loves his sheep. You are loved by an amazing and incredible shepherd. The truth is, I know today, I desperately need a good shepherd to lead me, guide me, protect me, and keep me from wandering into sin. And the beautiful thing is, our shepherd, I have found, is a gentleman. It's, it's like, if you're about to make a bad decision, I have found that God almost puts like a veil, like, of like, are you sure you want to do this? And we can push through it and do it anyways, but there, it gives us these opportunities where we can turn from our ways or kind of say, you know what, I think I want to do it a little, I, I want to do something different. Now, God doesn't say you have to stop. He doesn't put up a wall. He allows us, if you want to sin, God lets you sin. And then you have to come back and you ask for forgiveness. But I find that God like puts little things in our lives to that, that can slow us down or at least make us consider, is this the route I want to go? I need a shepherd to vigilantly watch over me as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I need a shepherd who will sacrifice his life uh, to save me from my sins. I need a shepherd who will lay down his life for me in order to purchase me, to purchase me for his own. That's the kind of shepherd we need. John Piper said this, and I, I love this quote. I might indeed have to lack many things in following the shepherd, but I will never lack anything that the shepherd thinks is good for me. Let me say that again. I might indeed have to lack many things in following the shepherd. In other words, as a person of faith, as a person in recovery, we might not get it all. We might not be able to do everything that we want to do and have all the toys and whistles and belts and do all those things and following. However, we will never lack anything that the shepherd thinks is good for us. I think that's good news. He won't withhold a single good thing from us. It tells us in Psalm 84, 11, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Let me close our time with a, a quick little story, and, and uh, I just, uh, I love this story. There was a, an American uh, tourist in Israel, and 
they were in a, this, this town and there was a, a man kind of driving sheep through the center of town. And the, the tourist goes, excuse me, excuse me, sir. He said, I thought shepherds led, not drove the sheep. And the gentleman goes, I'm not the shepherd. I'm the butcher. Our shepherd will never drive us. He will only gently lead us. Let the shepherd today, the good shepherd, gently lead you into all the things that God has for you, to all the promises that we read about in the big book. He is the good shepherd, and he cares for the people of God. He cares for you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Studio RC. We encourage you, like the video, share the video, um, subscribe to the, to the podcast. Uh, we just, we thank you for engaging with us and we just kind of, we want to keep getting the word out. And uh, just so the word, we know the word, when the word goes out, it doesn't come back void. So we want to get this out as far and wide as we can. So we thank you for tuning in to Studio RC and we remind you, Recovery Church, 12 steps, one goal. God bless and we'll see you next time.